What is going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, the original five-year anniversary podcast of Talk About Gay Sex. This is episode 375, and I'm your host, Steve V. Holding down the fort with me today is Lincoln. How you doing, Lincoln? Doing great. Hello, everyone, and I'm so excited it's just you and I. This means I'll never shut up. <laughs> I'm excited too. <laughs> Cody is off today. He he just so you guys know, I hung out with him yesterday at Folsom East, which we're going to talk about, break it all down. But he at work at his other job just really extenuated ex, I don't know the word strenuated i guess is a word right his voice and he cannot talk and we are an audio podcast so i told him take drink some tea and join me on wednesday for tags live and all will be good but i'm super excited to just be with you lincoln i'm excited to be with you also i think it's he strained his voice he strained thank you You're yes welcome. exactly <laughs> all right I never get well, stuff like that right so when i do i'm running to the hill with it <laughs> Love it. It's Pride Week here in NYC. However, it is Pride Month. And this weekend, I was in Providence, Rhode Island to see our other co-host, Jeremy Ross Lopez, for Providence Pride. And Lincoln, I had so much fun. Oh, that's awesome. So here's the deal. I'm just going to break it down really quick. I went down there on a bus. I think I saw you going to Trader Joe's on Friday afternoon. Yes, that's I right. Ye- yelled your name out and we like kikied for a second on the street. And I said, I was going, you're going, you said you're going for the day. Well, that was the plan Uh-oh. <laughs> because I really just wanted to go see him and be with Jeremy, who's one of my BFFs of all time. And I just thought this will be fun. However, when I got, so I take the bus right over there, I get off the bus and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't really plan anything. I don't know this town. I'm not from here. I don't know what I'm doing. However, I decided I needed a cup of coffee. It was like one o'clock in the afternoon. I walked down, which looked to the city town. I mean, it literally looked like a picture-perfect, quaint, painted picture of what you would want an adorable town to look like with cafes and all. I found the local cafe, and I text Jeremy like, hey, I'm here, but I need coffee. And he's like, we're getting coffee He literally was two businesses down getting coffee at a different spot. It's that small, that adorable. He joined me. I met his friend. I met a bunch of their friends. And we had such a good time. And they were saying the whole time, Steve, you got to stay over. I'm like, no, I've got to be back for Folsom East here in New York City. Well, cut to me saying okay i'm staying (laughs) (laughs) i love it which i'm so glad that i did because i just i met so many nice people and lincoln what they do in providence for gay pride is forget the daytime parade that many of us often don't go to because we've been there done that they do it at night and it's a small town so maybe that's why they can do it at night so there's lights and every float is lit up with music so you can enjoy the parade as you wish and then every single bar including the eagle in providence has 
a block party and they have alleyways that they bleed out into the alleyway and parking lots. So every bar had a huge ass, uh, like block party moment with performers and you could just go from one block party to the next. I was living and I thought every, I wish more prides took note of this because it really was communal. It really brought everyone together. I really did say hi to almost everybody that came in two feet away from me. And everybody was so nice. Shout out to Providence, Rhode Island's Pride. I'm living for it. And little thing here, Lincoln, is I bonded and kind of hooked up with Jeremy's friend that he went with Aww. and yeah. And, and I'm hoping to, see, we're probably going to see each other again too. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. It was really cool. He was, so let me get uh, this straight. So it was like a block party that every business was able to just build out on the street. There was no cover charge. There was no, Okay, so is that how it works? Good, these are really good questions. Cover charge for every separate block party that every bar did, and at times there is inflation, y'all. It did get up to forty bucks, so there was that. However, you so if we went to one bar, I forget uh, Queen Dark Dark Queen was one of the bars which I was like living for. We were able to get drinks inside the bar on a Pride. D- night easily fairly easily go out enjoy a huge stage huge performances and you could stay at one of them but if you wanted to move on then you did have to pay the cover charge for the next block party but for if you really wanted to park yourself at like the dark lady version of it you really didn't need to move you were good right. to go and you didn't have to move on and pay another cover charge. We did just because we wanted to experience it a little bit. And it was super fun. But the nighttime pride parade during the block parties, I, I think the reason all of this worked, Lincoln, is because it was all within a small proximity of space, if you will. Right. In other words, here in New York, I don't know that we really could do that. For example, we're going to talk in a minute about Folsom East, which is on, which was on Christopher Street, and they barely have this small block, and that's it. I don't know. So but- I, the reason I bring this up, and again, this is hearsay, but I have a good friend who was doing Toronto Pride. And he said that all of all of the they do a weekend celebration with actually no cover at all for anything. And there's big block parties, there's clubs that you can just go in and out of everything without there being a price tag on every item. But this was pre-pandemic, so who knows now? Right, with inflation and everything going on. Yeah. Um, Cannot say enough and really reuniting with Jeremy. Oh, I'm jealous. I wish I was there with you. I wish you were here with us too. It was just, we were forgot. I mean, I'm so glad that he and I had a few moments by ourselves just to really rebond and catch up. He's doing really well, listeners and everybody listening to the show. He's doing really well. And his roommate, this friend that he brought with him that I hooked up with, I give the the major thumbs up 
it's nice that I think he has a gay friend out there that is looking out for him and that, you know, he can be gay with. And I think that was one of the things when you move away, so many of our listeners moved away during the pandemic and moved to remote areas. Right. And you know, you, you're with your family, you're with your friends and that is lovely until you're like, I need a gay friend. I, I need a fucking gay friend to go out with, or it's just different. I think. Yeah. Part of Pride Month, I think I salute, and you know what I'm talking about, right? Conquered man. I do. I do. Well, I think I've always, you know, been either within spitting distance of New York City or of San Francisco my whole life. So I've always had that nearby. But you're, but, and I'm a little bit more of a loner. I like kind of being on my own, but, yeah. but you do need a community. So I'm glad that Jeremy has found that out there. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think post my ankle break and post a lot of COVID, I probably in the past wouldn't have pushed myself to go out and meet random friends. I knew I was meeting Jeremy, but I knew there was going to be a lot of his friends and a lot of even friends he didn't know. And I think that's sort of my MO right now is new experiences. And I do a meditation every day since I broke my ankle of connecting. I many intentions I put out there, but one of them is really just to connect with those I come in contact with. And that could mean the person in the elevator or Jeremy's best current best friend. It could and everything in between. Right. And I have to tell you it's really been working. The where I maybe used to feel awkward, I now I'm connecting and having just <clears throat> lovely conversations and connecting with people. And I think there's so much going on in the world right now. There's so much we could go on and on about that we won't, but I think we really need to connect right now. Well, I think that's a great intention no matter what, especially given how challenging this day and age is, no matter what, no matter, it's just Mm -hmm. a challenging time in, on our planet. And so to to set the intention every day simply to con- connect with people more or just to be nicer, I think is is a, a great intention. You could you know full stop. <laughs> I have to believe that when you are holding court, teaching class, and you know all these people are looking up at you, that you are thinking thoughts like this. That I have the stage. And I want to commune this group of people that showed up for my class. It's got to be a, a great feeling that you have and a response. I don't know if the words responsibility. Yeah. Oh, no, there's definitely a responsibility with every class that I teach or anytime I take a microphone or have a platform. I will say, even in going to see Broadway shows, audiences are not quick to to encourage people who take classes are not quick to jump on the bandwagon everyone's a little bit more conservative these days and a little bit more skeptical so it's a harder it's not just as instant as i feel yeah as i feel it used to be i feel like it used to be there was a little bit more trust involved we all knew each other a little bit more and now just like everything else in our world um you can't predict it. You know, to change the subject a little bit, we went out to a wedding this past weekend, and at one o'clock on Saturday, 
the traffic PM. 1 p.m. to get to Long Island was like two hours to go 14 miles. Oh. And it's like, what traffic pattern is this? Like the, the traffic pattern of everyone's leaving for 4th of July is, you know, like logical. But this was the right. Saturday three weeks before 4th of July. So are people now working remotely so they can leave for the summer sooner? And that's why it was because there were no accidents. It was just this, I think everything in our world is going to be a little shaken up that we can't predict it like it used to be. Whether it's an audience member or a traffic pattern or who shows up at Pride or what Pride people are showing up for. You know what I mean? Yeah, things are combustible and changed and different and you just gotta be yeah you gotta find what works for you to armor yourself for the day i was just talking to a friend right before we went live and it's kind of that armor and that protection or that meditation whatever it is for you that you gear up for the day ahead because everything is sort of unknown yeah, but if um, your intention is to connect with people, I don't think that armor is quite so heavy, which is a beautiful thing. Yes, and I, it's really been working. It's really been working, including so I went, so I get back on because I stayed an extra day, and yesterday here in New York City was Folsom East, the sister to the iconic Folsom Street Fair in San Francisco, California, which we have to, I went with somebody. That I went with Cody and Cody's boyfriend, Joe, and I asked Joe, oh, so you know what we're going to, Ryan? He's like, I think so. And so I told him just the little history on on New York, on how it's, what it's been about, the BDSM community and so on and so forth, and how it's moved from Chelsea to now Christopher Street. But I asked him, but you do know about the Folsom, the iconic Folsom Street Fair, and he did not... And I took the opportunity to tell him about it. And I said, that there is a great, which I want to tell everybody, it's a great thing to watch during Pride Month called Folsom Forever, directed by some uh, somebody that's no longer with us. But it's a really great video on demand thing to watch. Folsom Forever gives you the history on why the, the fuck did we ever have a Folsom Street? It was oh, because cool. of the AIDS epidemic. And it was a little bit in contrast to the Castro Street Fair, which one thing they talk about in the documentary is, yes, Harvey Milk started the Castro Street Fair. And yes, it was an iconic street fair in San Francisco. But when the when AIDS epidemic was happening, many of the gays wanted to separate themselves from the leather scene. In other words, they were sort of blaming the leather community for the HIV epidemic at the time. And they didn't. So the leather community said, fuck it, we'll do our own parade. And that's how the Folsom street fair got started. And many of the people that really supported it were lesbians and it was separate from the Castro street fair and was therefore iconic, which I love. Well, here in New York, I went yesterday, and you've been to the original one here that happened in Chelsea on, what was it, 27th and or 28th Street? Here? Well, I think it should be said that um, this is the first one after two-year hiatus, right? Yes. So there, yes. there was two years that there was no Folsom East, 
And Fulsamis prior to the past two years was near the Eagle in Chelsea. And it actually grew from one small block to two huge blocks in Chelsea. So I know that yesterday was a lot smaller than what it had grown to in Chelsea, correct? Yes. Yeah, because it was and two full blocks. It was from 10th to 11th, no, 11th to 12th, and then beyond down by the tunnel. So my quick review here is it was noticed that it was smaller and so much of what I've experienced here at, in New York at Folsom East was a wide street, a wide block street where you could see demonstrations. They had live performances by some really good out there rock, punk, all kinds of performances by the BDSM community missing from this year's thing. So there were no, really no room for performances it. this year? No, not at Is all. There a DJ? No, there was a DJ. It was outside of Rock Bar. Shout out to Rock Bar. I think they did the best that they could do. It cool. wrapped around the bar. It's just that it was so crowded and really you couldn't take it all in. But there were some hot moments that I'm going to talk about in another segment that I want to get your response on. But it just was a different moment in time. Uh, but plenty of sexual acts happening. Uh, it was sexy. I mean, different, just very different. So cool. Yeah. Well, when I saw the video footage on, on social media, it reminded me a little bit more of Dory Alley than false. Yes. But even Dory Alley, I think, cause I got to go to Dory Alley had a little bit more room and space mm. than this had. And so, do yeah. you know why it moved to Christopher street? I do not know that, and that that would be a great question. Yeah, I yeah, don't I wonder know if it's going what back happened. to Chelsea next year. One can hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. Only because I think the BDSM, I think they did a good enough job for the space that they had. In other words, if you imagine rock bars on a corner in the iconic Christopher Street, it wraps around, but there's just not. It's not a wide block street that can really take in what the BDS community has to offer. Okay. Well, you know, I was at a dinner this weekend in Providence and one of the questions came up because everybody was like, Oh, you have a podcast. What's it about? And of course I'm talking about gay sexuality and a guy at the dinner table, which I was on the spot, but I think I handled it well said, well, what do you think about prep? As if I'm like this expert on it. I'm just, I'm a host. That's it. But he asked me, what do you think about prep? So this guy was beautiful, by the way, he looked like Vin Diesel. Not that that really matters, but we know we noted it and he is with his partner and he wanted to pose the question to me what do you think about prep these days do you think that it's allowing our community to just fuck randomly and not being so concerned about what they're going to get and it's not a good thing and i had a good response i think i said and i want to hear what you think lincoln but i said well i think it's saving our lives from the epidemic of aids that we knew before but beyond all that i think it needs to more people need to have access to it because i know in lower 
economic echelons, it's not always necessarily available, particularly if you're not in a major city. But beyond all that, he was asking, do you think our community has changed with the the onset of PrEP? And I said, well, no, because I think our community has always been a sexually free, sex positive, as I would like to say, community. And so are we having more sex? I don't know. I think our community, you can look at it as having more sex, or you can look at it as we've always been a little bit more sexually free and many of my hetero counterparts are jealous of that. I don't know. What are your thoughts? It seemed the way he was proposing it was setting me up, but I think I handled it well in the way I handled <laughs> so the So do you response. think he had an answer before you had I your did, answer? I did a little bit, but for but to his credit, he did. I don't know if we got cut off because somebody changed the subject after that response I think that's probably what happened, but also I, I also think he didn't push it beyond that, which I give. So I could also be in my head about that a little bit too much too. So it didn't. So I guess the answer is I, it didn't escalate. Huh? What What was? What do you think his answer was when he was asking it to you? Well, I think it was insinuating a little bit that is prep making gays a little bit more just not looking at STIs and just having sex randomly and not thinking about what they're doing and being a little careless is at least the emotion that I got out of the way his intonation. And I could be totally wrong, but that's kind of what I got. It was a little judgy, if you will. Okay, well, that's his issue. The The way I see this, and this just seems like common sense to me, we were persecuted for having gay sex in the 50s and 60s. And then right. gay liberation happened, and we were able to freely have sex with whoever we wanted, whenever we wanted, which was the gay and lesbian liberation movement. And it was sexual, it was political, it was about our human rights are equal to straight people. It didn't matter if we were a man or a woman, black or white, Asian, short, tall, whatever, that we were equal. So there was a liberation of our civil rights and a liberation of our sexual rights and men having sex with men goes back to the Roman times of being off the hook as just part of the sexual behavior for some of those men. Majority, not majority, I don't know. I wasn't there, and I don't know my history well enough to answer that. <laughs> oh, but I wish I was there. Right. In However, some certain... <laughs> then the eight, and the entire time the Catholic Church was saying that we're going to hell for having gay sex. The organ, a lot of organized religion said that we were going to hell for having gay sex because we weren't procreating. That was the, so, the basis of why we were going to hell. We weren't procreating, which is why they said it wasn't natural. And for can I just stop you right there? Because so many people, when they're younger, don't think about who heterosexuals don't. They they get butterflies when they're attracted to. Biffy or John or whoever that they like, we had to suppress, at least I'm speaking for myself, those feelings that I had, those natural feelings that my hetero 
young young adolescent friends had, I had to push those down. So in many ways, I feel we're very immature in how we maybe came out because we weren't allowed to feel those feelings, those butterflies that and have a natural evolution that so many of our hetero counterparts have. Well, that that is correct for our generation. For a man yes. oh, well, right. 50 Thank you. to 55, you're yes. spot on. But for anyone... Okay, so wait. So then we had the sexual revolution, the gay and lesbian revolution. It was political. It was sexual. But then when AIDS came... And it was sexual. It was sexual. I love that you said that. Yeah, and that there is no shame in that. No. Because we were able to finally come out of the closet in such a way, and we got thrown back in when AIDS, HIV came to be. And sex and fear were hand in hand in any gay man's life from 1988 to 2000, I would say. That's just so a here's rough a question. But, but do you on. think that... Because okay. people felt that AIDS was God's answer to people being gay. That was in the ethers. That gave people the weaponry of saying being gay is wrong. See, that's why AIDS is here. I'm not saying that that is correct. I'm saying that that is the propaganda that was being put out there that this person bringing up this subject seems to have been a victim of. Because there is a difference between sex and an STI. You can have as much sex as you want. An STI is a completely separate issue. It's not cause and effect in that gay sex is wrong. It's that you're not being responsible. You're not getting tested. But you're still having as much sex as you want. So I don't really... I do not um, agree with him that people who are irresponsible are still irresponsible. It's that simple. Yeah, and it's... And it's so interesting because when you talk about how do you think that the heterosexual community made it all about for our generation about sex and we that's why the 70s was a sexual there was a sexual revolution for everybody and we kind of went along with it and then later it was thrown back in our face because of HIV and now we're back in a place where I, we never used the word back in the day, which we use on this show all the time, as does many people, sex positive, sex positivity. I use the hashtag all the time. And it's so interesting to see this evolution of these roller coaster waves of it going in various directions of how we called it. It was about sex, but now it's about love is love. Do you see how we've gone through it? Yeah, I do. I, I don't necessarily think straight people came up with that. I think it was just the common um, thought pattern of civilization that the only thing that in that thought pattern back in the day, the only difference between me and the other people at school is I wanted to have sex with a man, not a woman. Right. So there were two ways of thought. One, I wanted to dress like a woman and be a woman. So I... or. And so I can have sex with a man. Now we've come a long way since then. Correct. There was no, there still is no, um, I'd have no interest in becoming a woman. I have no interest in doing drag. I have no interest in any of that as my character. It's not 
it doesn't resonate with me. People can go crazy that do want to do what they want to do, but that just doesn't resonate with me. And probably part of the reason it doesn't resonate resonate with me is I fought so hard <clears throat> against the people in my life that thought when I said I'm gay, they thought I wanted to be a woman. So that's right. part of the reason that flavor is not very interesting in my life or my lifestyle or in my entertainment or in any of that. Like, what an interesting I point think, to me. Yeah, and and that's Be- why some of my first work was styling fashion shows and styling photo shoots and making women be as beautiful as they can be as women. It was never I wanted to put on the dress. That's just my and- story. And But it's such a great point. I don't know that I've ever thought of it that way because I got called girly, all kinds of just really horrible things growing up in my early, just the early years of grade school that sissy, this, those kinds of words that really resonated and had an effect on me. However... I think I was like you and I wanted nothing to do that. I was trying to butch it up. And then of course we talked about it on the show. I'm not going to bore everybody, but just, I tried, I was going for acting and all management said pretty much not even using air quotes, butch it up. Right. And so I've, but I do think now at 51, I hate my, some of my friends say, stop saying your age, Steve. I'm like, I know I can't help myself. I really can't. But I think now I'm so much more comfortable with my feminine side and my masculine side. And also I don't, I'm like Madonna, unapologetic bitch. That song resonated with me because I think it's, she's always been a soundtrack to my life, really a soundtrack to my life. And I know she has been to yours, but unapologetic bitch took me a minute to get there even though i've taken naked pictures i've done a bunch i've done so many things that have been out there but it's now that i'm an unapologetic bitch well i i i don't need to be a bitch to be a person and <laughs> well, i like I saying know, my age because i know what i mean because I've, I've lived every age every year that makes up my age. So people who tell you yes. not to say your age, tell them to grow up. And when you're, you know, not a child, you no longer do childish behavior. So when you're a 51 year old adult man, you don't have to apologize for anything. No. And it worked That's in my favor this weekend yeah. when everybody was like, you what? They couldn't believe it. And I was like, okay, well, good. Exactly. I'm moisturizing. So just to, just to um, put more of a button on the point before now, People were raised and brought boyfriends to the prom, right? People are raised and HIV, like COVID for some people, is going to be, is more of a thing of the past. Like HIV is not what it used to be. It is, you know, I remember, I think I told this story some time here on the podcast where I went to my doctor and he said that it had been over a year since he diagnosed someone with HIV. Something like that. And he's a Chelsea doctor. I don't remember the exact um, details of it, but he, like, I'd been with him a very long time and he's like, today's an anniversary for me. It just came up that the last time I told someone they were positive was like a year today or something like that. Like that virus is been eradicated because of PrEP, which has made gay men 
and straight couples too, that someone gets HIV through a straight relationship, um, be able to be more sexually free. And we're not scared anymore, which I think is part of the reason I was actually talking with my friend Melvin about this. Circuit Boy events used to be very edgy because people were afraid that you would go to a circuit party event, do substances that might not keep you in your right mind and there were positive people there and it was before prep so people just wouldn't go to those events well now they're packed and sold out and there's 500 of them because people aren't scared of that event people aren't scared to be out and about people are scared now for other reasons like covid or monkeypox or well let's talk about let's talk about monkey think yeah, two things to say about it, and I think that's a great anniversary for your doctor. I don't always think we talk a little bit about um, lower echelon communities that don't always have access to PrEP, but I hope that they can get it. But in terms of monkeypox, um, over the Memorial Day weekend, according to the Chicago Department of Public Health, um, there was a, a huge rise of monkeypox. And while cases have been reported among gay and bi men, the disease, of course, is not limited to that population, nor are queer men more prone to monkeypox than other people. Quote, it's dangerous to pin a virus and how it's transmitted on an identity because it can affect knowledge, treatment, and research associated with how the virus is spreading. This is according to Dr. Dimitri Daka. Lachius, director of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. I mean, you heard people. Can you say that, that quote went, again, though? Because I know Dr. Demetrius. He's a really good guy and he's very yeah. bright. However, in the social circles in the gay community, it is spreading quite quickly. It is. So, and like, so gay men aren't predisposed to it because they're gay. So let me because let of me their behavior, you. it seems. Much like exactly. an IML, there's an outbreak and it's it became a super spreader of that. It, it's exactly what you're saying. It's it's exactly what you're saying. People are getting it in general, particularly people that have been overseas in Africa and Europe, and it's now made its way here, but it is based on close contact. It doesn't take a scientist to know that we are now living summer 2022 or the kickoff of summer 22 and events and circuit events and our community events are all happening and people are hooking up. I mean, I was hooking up this weekend here, you know, I was hooking up. I'm just saying, we'll talk a little bit about what that, but you were saying that monkeypox was one of the reasons after hearing about IML and the the influx of monkeypox that you didn't want to go to the event that I went to yesterday, Folsom East. Right, because all the guys that were at IML <laughs> went to the Folsom event. And I, I mean, there's a lot of circumstances going on. Peter and I went to a wedding. It was a fabulous wedding with my good friend Eileen. And it was one of those weddings that we basically ate appetizers and main courses and after meals and dessert tables. And it was gotcha. like an eight hour eating event. I mean, it sounds fabulous. I, to I, I had more tequila and ginger beer in my world. Oh, and it was so good. And love. so we were hungover 
And then we right. also knew it was a much smaller street that Folsom East was going to be held on. And I talked to one of my friends who was a Mr. Eagle from the past. And he said, after the monkeypox thing and in, uh, in Chicago, a lot of the people that just don't want to deal with that, whether they're immune compromised or not, are not going to go to Folsom East. So I think I'm going to pass this year. Which Peter and I were planning on it. We were also planning on the Eagle after, but it was also nice to just stay home and not be. I think you were fine staying home. I didn't participate because I was with Cody and his boyfriend, although I wanted to. I'll tell you in a minute because I have another topic I want to talk about. But just real quick to put a button on this conversation, the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention has issued new sex guidance for people who think they might have been exposed to monkeypox. Guess what it includes? Socially distanced masturbation to avoid spreading the virus. I kind of love when the CDC speaks out on how we should have sex because I always think like, are you fucking crazy? If a person or their partner has monkeypox or believes they have contracted the disease and they decide to have sex, the CDC recommends that they avoid kissing and masturbate together at a distance of at le- at a distance of at least six feet without touching each other and without touching any rash or sores. Well, CDC, I think that sounds all fine and dandy, but the reality is people are not doing that. And honestly, I think what they should be putting out there more than anything else, if you feel under the weather, stay home and that would probably save us more than anything else like would it kill you to stay home for a night to figure out what it is that you really have right no i completely agree with you however steven i think what they're trying to do is explain how you get it like i i think i've said this on the show before when it came to covid19 the one thing the CDC and no one ever said was to just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like you can wear three masks, but if you're screaming at the top of your lungs, it's going <laughs> to yeah. get through the mask. So just shut up. So you're right. The CDC can just say, stay home, but people don't listen to that. So they need to break down a little bit more. You need to put a mask over your face. You need to stay six feet away and when it comes to monkeypox, apparently you cannot kiss, you cannot touch, and you should. I don't think it's airborne, though. It's only touchable, right? Correct. As of right now, yeah, it's, so it's touch. touch. And, you know, you guys, there are, I just think we talked about, we've been talking about it on the show lately. And if you notice something different, go to your doctor, go to a doctor, find a doctor. And there is a remedy for this. There, They can, yeah. you know. It's the same yeah. vaccine as smallpox. This is not the end Correct. of the world. It's, it's very it usable. Not. And I don't know. I, I, you know, I haven't been out in the sex party, sex group world in a while. But back in the day, I remember if I had like a sniffle or if my dick didn't feel right, the last thing I was doing was running to another party. You know, but that being said, it's before you feel it that you right. are out and yeah. about and then it's too late 
but you already spread it around. So just be careful out there. And, and, and I will say this kind of circles back to that person at the dinner party where there is a truth to because of prep, we do all feel more invincible. And I don't know about you, but there was a day where I was on prep, I was single, and all of the people in my life that died of HIV, I was out there swinging from the rafters in their name because I couldn't do it and they were gone. And it made me feel more liberated. It made me feel more like a man. It made me feel all of those things that are part of the evolution of liberation. And then you find a significant other to be with. You develop your own behavior with that partner or two partners if you're polyamorous or, you know, whatever that is in your world in this day, just be responsible as you move forward. And prep is part of that responsibility. Well, and on that note, I'm glad I went. I'm glad I supported it. I just... Just be aware. I think that's what we talk about on this show. We've talked about it, about monkeypox in the last several episodes. Just be aware of what's going on with your body. If you feel feverish, if you feel anything, go to a doctor. So we don't continue to proliferate this message and have uh, uh, articles write about it and linking it to our community. But on that note, I want to, I did go to Folsomese Lincoln and it got me thinking because I noticed some really hot sexual encounters there. So what I loved about what I saw was a lot of our mature gay men and women, but a lot of our, my mature gay men, there was one really hot that he was of a certain weight limit. And he was fucking this younger, really big boy And I was so enamored. I just kept looking at it. He had a really thick cock. And it got me thinking, what it turns me on or what makes me horny? Alongside, I'm going to read you a few more things. We then left there. There was another guy at Folsom East. He had to be in his mid to late 60s who had a really thick cock. And all these young boys were sucking it off. And Cody and Joy were, Joe were walking off, and I had to like stop and look at it because it was so delicious to me. <laughs> and then we there was a few more stories, but we finally decided to have one more cocktail because we couldn't get a drink at the at Folsomese. So we go to the the iconic Monster Bar, and wouldn't you know it, the door guy who probably is straight Latin guy. And I'm looking down at him. He has long athletic shorts on, no underwear, I could tell. And he's like rubbing it after everyone goes in. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my God, that's so turning me on. It wasn't like it was the hugest bulge, but I knew he had no underwear on and he was rubbing his cock after every person went in. And it got me thinking. So I went home, including the guy, Jeremy's best friend that, I hooked up with that just spending so much time, I was so horned up. What makes you horny? These moments make me really horny. And when you finally do come, it's like there is so much to be released. Do you relate what I'm saying? I do. I also think spring (laughs) has sprung and your ankle feels better. (laughs) Let's be honest. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we have had, a really hard couple years. 
Yes. And before a really hard couple years, we had a hard couple Trump years. Yes. And we, you know, it's not these little glimmers of normalcy, these little glimmers of, I mean, we probably took for granted before you just didn't see it for a while. Everyone's been locked at home. You know what I mean? Like you, you, we haven't been out and about. And I notice just walking down eighth Avenue boys are out wearing outfits. It's such a turn on to me. And, and people are just like putting in an effort again and out and about, but it's also, I mean, I don't want to be, you know, downer. It's also coupled with accidents happening on the street and garbage all over. Like there's this, it's still this pendulum swing of like real life, sexuality, fun, normalcy. And then it flips and you're like, wow, what happened to this street? Or how many stores are closed over here? It, 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 for me, it's the back and forth. It's the dichotomy of normalcy. And then, Ooh, wow, this is what New York has become, or this is where we are in the world. It it flips back and forth in my eye these days. I think it's in the world because there's stories happening every day that, but we have to find these pockets of what turned us on, what was hot to us before, and find that. And we're um, also different people now, right? We're, and we are different we're people. Yeah. And, you know, it got me thinking because I did hook up with, and hopefully I'm going to see him again, Jeremy's friend in who lives in outside of Boston. And there was something about the chemistry that I could, I are, when Jeremy sent me the picture of him and his friend, which I'm calling out his name, I was like, oh, there's something about him. I, I don't know what it is. And then when I met him, I was just in, so happy for Jeremy because Jeremy now has a friend. He's so surrounded by family and friends, but he told me, and he wouldn't mind me sharing this on the show, that now he had so many gay friends in New York, but then he moved back, and although his life was great, for a while there, he didn't have that gay camaraderie, and now through this friend that he grew up with back in the day when they were children he is now hanging out with and going into boston and going obviously to providence gay pride and it's really lovely i bonded with this guy and had like hopefully we're going to see each other again and i was wondering what is it about what takes that chemical reaction to really not only just be turned on by somebody, but to connect with somebody. I connect with him, with him on so many levels. What was it about Peter that was different that you connected with? That I want to talk about chemical reaction. Chemical well, reaction. <laughs> it, um, I don't think that's... Is that on the album, I by the way? I don't know. That one I don't, Damn know. It. I don't know if that was ever a hit. Uh, number one hit. Um, it's a great song, It though. is a great song. Um, I don't think that's always definable, right? I don't think you it's could just say, definable. oh, it's his eyes, or oh, it was what he first said, or I think, like... I keep using the word evolution. It's that you evolve in a relationship with someone and you get to know them better. And there is uh, something you just can't describe that attracts you back to them. Maybe there's similarities that you both share that also attract you back to them. And 
I, I've used a visual my whole life when it comes to relationships that when you meet someone and you start to get to know them, you tell them something about your life and they like put a bandaid on that for you and say, I hear you, I understand. And then that memory, that thing can heal and it can flourish and it can become stronger. And when you they build, say, because they're basically saying it's okay and I hear you and I see you. And it's, yes. and I am not going anywhere, even though that happened, or even though that's what you're into, or even though that's, you know, how you see the world. Or, And I think that that's undescribable in a lot of ways. I also think, not to, again, I keep showing the other side of the coin. No, because I have a bunch of questions for you, our, so go our, ahead are looking at things on social media and everything in couplehood on social media being so flowery and perfect and only seeing the smiles and the good times also warps our perception of how to have relationships and what the reality is of relationships. And, and I think that's stretching that rubber band in a way that's not the healthiest because then when you hit a bump, where's the example of how to get through the bump. I've been around people that post those kinds of pictures in the past and thinking that I've seen their pictures and thought, oh my God, it looks like Wonderland. And I've hung out with them and they are dark and not as yeah. nothing close to that. And I think I've taken a reprieve from it. We post it for the show all the time. I don't look at a lot of social media. I'm starting to look at it a little bit more, but I I want to use the word constructively. It's just the word I'm going with. And I'm enjoying it. I'm actually enjoying Until I don't enjoy it, I won't uh, scroll through it. But I don't spend that much time. And when I post something and I'm smiling, if you look at the pictures at, at TagsPodcast, podcast this weekend you'll notice i really was super happy to be with jeremy and his friends i was having a really good time but it's not always the case but i'm just wondering in terms of chemistry because i wanted to focus a little bit about chemistry when you like so i had this chemical reaction to this guy and i want to see him again and i know he wants to see me again how do you differentiate how did you differentiate that with peter when you met peter and it's definitely sexual but how do you determine that that's the one or how did you, you determine don't that? you don't i mean i think if you do the moment you meet someone you know in in a lot of ways marianne says this too everyone is the one Oh, everyone is the one. Everyone that comes into everyone your life, that comes into ex- your life, is there for a reason. Is there to smooth out a rough edge that that will make you better and um, connect you more to the child of God that you came on this earth to be? Because we oh. were all put on this earth in a blinding flash of creativity and love, and it's been beaten out of us by the world that we live on. So when you meet people that spark you back to that innocent child that we really are on, all are living, we just forget it. We just forget our perception of the world has been so skewed on its head that we forget who we truly are, that love is the only thing that matters. 
being good to one another is the only thing that matters. And that's not Pollyanna. That's not putting pink paint over the problems. It's saying, hey, we know we have these problems, but we need to solve them by loving each other more and connecting with each other more. And we seem very far away from that in this modern day. Much further away from it than we were 5, 10, 15 years ago. And social media has not brought us more together. It separated us more and so many other things as well. So that if you don't mind sharing though, that feeling of that, that, oh my God, this is someone really interesting. And I, in my life, have had that feeling with someone and completely rushed it. And it burnt out really quickly. Because I rushed it. I wanted it all now, my way, immediately. And then it blew up in my face. So when I started dating Peter, I was single. That is what you're asking, right? Yes. Yeah, chemical reaction and exactly what I'm asking. When I turned 45, I said, I am no longer having a relationship the way I've been trying to have it. I keep putting a formula of the way I'm going to be with someone is A, B, C, and D. And if you don't see the formula, we're not going to work. And I kept forcing the formula on people and it wouldn't work. It kept being very frustrating and aggravating. And I said, okay, so the problem is either the formula or the person that I'm picking to put the formula on, right? Because I I had had a lot of – I'd never left someone for somebody – But I had like a three-year relationship, six months off, met someone else, tried the formula. Two years, it ended, poor me, I'm never going to find anyone. Two months later, six months later, bam, this is the right person. Try the formula. Blew up in my face. And when I turned 45, I was like, no more. I just have to stop. And I went to... Bear Week in Provincetown, and I went to Folsom, and I went to Dory Alley, and I spent a lot of time alone, and I, you know, made a lot of friends, and I had a lot of sex with a lot of different people, and was like, nope, no relationships, no more, no more, no more. Thank you, Lincoln. You can always follow Lincoln at Protein Bakery. Are you you doing anything for Pride? Um, Yes. Well, we're having a little soiree at the Protein Bakery and the Thai restaurant next door. No, no, no. Oh, I'm coming. Please do on Wednesday. Stop by, have a brownie, have a little pad thai from next door. It's it's more like a neighborhood appreciation because our block has been through so much between the pandemic and the construction and the firehouse and all that stuff. Glur, the the Thai restaurant next to me, put it together. So that's this Wednesday. And then the bakery will be open 12 to 6 on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Saturday night, we're going to a rooftop party, which we're looking forward to. And then on Sunday, we're going to the pier dance, which is no longer on a pier. It's at Governor's Island, (laughs) and Kim Petras is performing. So I don't know what throat goat even is but we're just gonna go and listen to her sing it and have a good time because peter loves her i'm out but it'll be fine i love her i love her as well and follow him at protein bakery for all the festivities there or at mad lincoln at mad lincoln follow us at tags podcast as i will surely be out and about starting tomorrow i'm gonna see this singer she's queer 
nicknamed Umi or Yumi. I'm not sure. She's half Japanese, half black. I love her. Cool. And I'm so excited to go to Brooklyn to start kick off my Pride Week. I'm going by myself, but hey, that's the name of the game. And that's I'm beautiful. Excited. Yep. No doubt. Message us and tell us what you guys are doing. And in the meantime, continue for the love of God. Having <laughs> hot, <laughs> hot, gay, sex. Just sex. be careful and take care of yourself. Everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>